What's up, everybody? It's your man, Danelle, a.k.a. Small Guy Promotions, a.k.a. The Omaha Fatty, coming to you with a continuation podcast of What's Up, Omaha. And if you tune into the first segment, this is the second segment. We had to do it twice because there was so much information. We could probably talk for five different oh. episodes of, uh, of this about all the content that Courtney has presented. Uh, if you're not up to speed with what has been going on, uh, Courtney worked at TD Ameritrade. I worked at TD Ameritrade. Um, and Courtney had actually been in the public eye because of a harassment case. We talked a lot about, about it in the last uh, segment. Please go back and check it out if you have not done so. Courtney, uh, in this segment, I want to give you an opportunity to actually walk us through those situations that that you spoke about that I read in that financial planning uh, article. Um, if you could describe how it began, and like from A to B, uh, do you think that there was something in particular that prompted it? Or, you know, do you think that this is something that was going on with other people as well? Or, you know, just how how does that begin? Can you, can you paint that picture for us, the oh. people who haven't read the article, uh, just to, so they understand why we have uh, joined up today? Yes. Okay. That's a great question with uh, what prompted it. So I believe, and, and this is just my opinion on all of this, um, that what happened to me with the sexual harassment was just a, a moment that was an opportunity that he took. So what happened was I, I, was, in, I was in a department um, self-directed plan services. I've said that before. So self-directed plan services was the department that I was in. And there was three teams in Omaha. Um, I was working on one team under a woman manager and there was a male manager on an adjacent team who had taken special interest in me. Um, I had known this already. Like he was the type of person who would come up to you. Well, I don't know if you've ever had anybody like this. Cause I don't think men do this to other men, but would like tap you on one shoulder and pop out on the other side or like little shoulder squeezes or just look at you for too long or whatever. Like he was kind of well-known as, you know, he's a little scary, you know, don't, don't make eye contact too long or he might try to start up a conversation. And, and that scares me because I'm like a hugger and I'm like, a, I'm, I'm like a touchy. I hope not. I hope no one's ever taking also, it as creepy. <laughs> oh, I am also a huggy and touchy person. But if you went over and, and gave me a hug and I did this, would oh, you yeah. do it again? No. Would you do no. it again? You wouldn't. No. That is the difference. That right there is the difference between one and two. Like that is, it's completely different. It's like if, if it's something where, you know, anytime I see you, I give you a huge hug. That's not the same thing, you know, when it's unwanted. And, and this person would do it at times that was unwanted, where it was like, there's nothing appropriate about this conversation. And, and the conversation that happened day before Thanksgiving, 2019, um, everybody was out of the office because day before Thanksgiving, we were just talking about on the last one holidays and how, you know, closing down for holidays. Nobody wants to work the day before day after Thanksgiving. So yeah. in order to make it fun and cool, you know, they did, they were like, it's casual day. It's always casual day. Yeah. We never, we never had a uniform. So everybody was wearing hoodies on casual day. Nobody was wearing hoodies. All of the managers like wore hoodies and told everybody to do it. And we all forgot. That's what happened. I was not wearing a hoodie. My, both my cubicle mates, not wearing hoodies. Like nobody on my team was wearing a hoodie. We were literally just trying to get through the day so we can get home and start cooking. Or at least that's where I was. And um, the manager came up to me because uh, my manager was gone and all the other managers were gone. The, it was a skeleton crew, you know? So it was an opportunity where I was more vulnerable. And he came over and he started asking me why I wasn't wearing a hoodie. And I was like, because I don't own one. And that, at that time, 
hundred percent true. Just not part of my clothing. Like I didn't have one. And he just kept asking about my clothing choices and was going through like, well, you know, that man you're living with, the man that I was engaged to at that time, who literally worked down the hallway. They had met numerous times. Like we worked on the second floor. We didn't even work on different, like he knew him. He knew him by name, but he was calling him the man I lived with. He's like, I bet he has hoodies you can borrow. You need to wear those on Friday. I'm like, I am not wearing clothes you think I should wear. And I need you to go away. And he didn't go away. And it was one of those things when I talk about the managers, when we were talking in the last segment about the high school level, mean girls, bully, weird, immature management team this was the very embodiment of it it was because i was telling him i don't want to talk to you and he was like but you have to because i'm a manager, I'm a manager. and you aren't i'm a manager i'm so important i'm a middle manager guys and he i mean again you you you're familiar with the person wearing his cowboy boots and his cowboy belt at work and his hoodie going but you have to wear a hoodie on friday you have to because there was another casual day coming up and i'm like i just want you to shut up so I can finish doing my job and I can get the heck out of this building and get my turkey prep for tomorrow. Like that's all that's going through my head as this is happening until I started being like, this is getting worse. He's not going away. Like what's happening here? And other people start joining in the conversation because they were trying to protect me from this weird situation. And he kept talking about my clothes and I was wearing a button-down blouse that was three sizes too big. I had my hair in a ponytail. I'm pretty sure I didn't shower. You know, like it was not one of those days where I'm like, I'm going in for a job interview and I'm going to be as, it was just like the day before Thanksgiving. You understand. So we're doing, like we're having this conversation. It just keeps going and going until at some point I just like slam my hands down on my desk, look him dead in the eye and said, I don't own a hoodie. I'm not going to buy or borrow clothing to please you. I need you to leave me alone. And he was like, said something else back to me. And I was like, you can't force me to wear a hoodie. And he goes, but I can force you. And I was like, you know, like when somebody says something, you're like, okay, let's see what, where's this going? Right. And he said something about that he could force me. And then I replied back. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And at the time, I think hockey was still, no, he may have been fired. At the, I can't remember. I, no, I think hockey still was there. And I said something like, what are you going to do? Send like Tim Hockey a memo? Like making sure we all have to wear hoodies on Friday? I don't think that anybody's going to care about that, you know? And, or something along those lines. And then he replied back, no. But what I can do is I can get your address out of PeopleSoft, which was the system that he would be able to find my address because of his positional power as a manager. I'm going to come to your house on Friday. I'm going to tie you up, take that off, and put you in a hoodie. And at that point, you could pretty much hear a pin drop in all of that room. And this was like that huge room on the second floor, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever been in that area where mutual funds and stuff was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in the headquarter building uh, for most of my time there. Oh, okay. What floor were you on? Just out of curiosity. I was on the third floor. You, okay, so you were one floor up from us. Okay, so probably in a very similar, you know, open office seating setting. So he says this, and my mouth just dropped open. And I look over at, I look over at my cubicle mate, and she looks at me, and we both were like, what? Like, what? Like, what? And I gave him the opportunity to take it back right then and there and for it to be over. And I said, and I quote, that is serial killer level crazy. 
and that's not okay. And he goes, what? And I'm like, that was creepy. That was really creepy. And cubicle mates also going, yeah, like, that's like, you just crossed all these lines. Like, go back, like abort. Do not die on this hill, man. Like, just, just set it, put your toys down and go home. You know, this was time to walk away. And he did not. He told me he was like, creepy. You can't call me creepy. Yeah, you're being creepy. I don't care if you're a middle manager, you're creepy. And then he was like, what was creepy? If you're going to call me creepy, what was creepy? I mean, all of it. <laughs> all of it. Everything you have said to me today and any time in the past, everything is creepy. Go away. I didn't say that, though. But that's what was screaming in my head. Yeah, yeah. But I, I settled on tying me up across the line. We'll just, we'll just go there. I mean, that there was a lot before that, but I, I decided that was what I was going to tell him was the creepy part. And then he goes, oh, okay. Can I interrupt you right for a second? Yeah. So, and and that alone, the, the disbelief of, of, it's like, it's so crazy to think that that is what someone would say. Like, it's so outlandish that like, I'm like, that, that is part of it. It's like, no one would say that, right? Like, no one would I honestly felt like I was living in somebody else's life. Like, it was just one of these things where I'm like, this is going to make a hell of a story this weekend at Thanksgiving when I tell people what crazy stuff happened at work. You know, I like telling stories, but I didn't know it wasn't ever going to end. You know, this was one conversation. So, he decided to take the ropes out of of the story, and he told it again. And he goes, okay, on Friday... I'm going to get your address. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to break in. I'm going to zip tie you to a dining room chair. He started adding details at this point and address you in a hoodie. And I sat there for a second and I was like, get out, just go. And he still tried to talk. And I was like, nope, just shut off, went back into working, wouldn't make eye contact. Like literally I'm like, if I, if you can't see me, you can't engage with me, go away. No one's listening. No one's listening. No one's listening. And then eventually he went away. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I had to like, like a child that's like trying to disengage with another person, do everything I could until he walked away. And he finally walked away. And once he was far enough away to where he couldn't hear me talk, me and the cubicle mate were like, what just happened? Did that conversation, did that really just happen? And then in addition to all of this, and I've gone on to this on my channel, that's all gone now. I'm the daughter of an HR executive, very high-powered HR executive. My dad was like a trailblazer in the HR world. He started out when it was called personnel. He was one of the people who started writing for HR magazine or whatever the heck it was back in the 90s. My dad was super into HR. So like, I knew from shadowing with him my whole childhood, because he always wanted me to go into business like he did. I never wanted to. Um... We all end up there eventually. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he told me, with anything like this, if this ever happens in your life, the first thing you do is you write it down. Write it down. And so I wrote it down. And I timestamped it too. I put it in an email. Um, and then just send it to myself. I didn't send it to anybody else. I didn't report it. I wasn't going to. I was never going to report that to HR. I was never going to do Why? it. Why? I will this what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's I watched my dad ruin women's lives for a living. I benefited from that. My college education was paid for by women like me. 
And that irony hasn't been lost on me. That has been the um, <laughs> the trauma journey to get through the fact and like make sense to me what my dad did for a living and what paid for my entire childhood growing up was ruining people like me. And that was another reason why I went on to, to TikTok and why I had to tell the story because I had to undo that in my opinion. And I feel like I have. Um, I don't want, because I, a lot of communities Take a minute on TikTok if you need it. stuff. Yeah, it's like there's, there's a lot of talking about ancestral trauma where like, you know, your parents or your ancestors have put a lot of dark things into this world. And in order for that not to constantly rub off and experiences constantly repeating themselves over and over again in history is you have to face it directly and you have to make a different decision. And I, I couldn't run away from this because I know that that's what my dad did. And I know that that's what HR did to me, but I knew they were doing it. I knew it. And I called them out as it was happening. And that's what's kind of made the whole thing a little bit comical from time to time. Because I have to laugh sometimes, if not I just cry, like, right. you know, when yeah. I start getting into things, the tears come. So I didn't report it. Um, but we talked about it on the line. You know, all the cubicle people right here, my team, we all were discussing I, I think that's, for, the, for me, that's, it, it's one thing that you felt that you couldn't, It's that's bad enough that you felt like yeah. you couldn't or shouldn't report it because you knew like like listen to that you didn't report it because you knew that there would be some kind of backlash against yeah. you and and i'm that gonna drop so me. crazy he has given me full permission to do this at any point in time so it was sarah that changed my mind on that so and actually i just got why I didn't report look look i literally just got a message that she tagged me in a comment like it just popped up on the computer it's we were talking about all this being meant to be. Sarah is like the strange little key to my entire life here. She is, she is, I love her. Like she, that, that girl's spirit is unbreakable. And she has been an inspiration to me with all of this. So what happened was Sarah had actually reported this same man for sexual harassment prior to him sexually harassing me. Okay. Sarah and I sat right next to each other. So he liked to come over to our little cubicle area and hit on, you know, two birds, one stone, right? Um, Sarah often worked from home. So she wasn't there all the time. She worked from home because she was being harassed in the workplace. Also, there were some other things that, you know, I won't get into any of that, but I have, I did before my page got thrown away anyway. So I didn't report it. Sarah wasn't there that day. Sarah came back after Thanksgiving. So a couple of like, I think it was like December 2nd or 3rd or something. Sarah comes into the office, me and the cubicle friend of mine. Sarah walks in, we both go, you have to hear what happened to me last week. You're not going to believe what that weirdo said to me. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. And so she's like, what happened? And like, it wasn't in like a gossipy sense. It was literally in a, are we in actual danger here? Like, what should we do about this? I needed a committee because I was too afraid to come forward myself. And right. I was like, if I come forward and I can't prove that exactly this happened, if you guys don't have my back on this, you know, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to take that bullet. I like this job. I like the money that it pays me. I'm saving up for a wedding. You know, those are the things in my head. So, and I was also, by the way, studying for the 24 at that time yeah. on my own time. So I was stressed beyond, and then the holidays were coming up and I also have two kids. There was a lot going on. This wasn't my primary issue. It has since become my primary issue. So then Sarah and I, I tell her the whole story about 15 minutes later, Sarah stands up because she wasn't going to put it on, you know, in writing. And she stood up and she goes, Courtney, I'm so, so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I reported it. And I was like, what, what, what? What? Because I was like, 
I started freaking out because I knew that if my manager found out that it had been reported and I didn't tell her first and like she was hearing it from somebody else, she was going to be mad at me because again, weird politics. Yeah. Um, so I immediately Slack messaged my manager and I was like, hey, we need to talk and we need to talk right now. And she was like, I'm pretty sure I already know what you're going to be telling me. Let's go to a quiet workspace. So we go to a quiet workspace and I tell her the whole story. But I didn't, I didn't, I don't think she could have even fathomed what was going to come out of my mouth at that point. And I didn't either because I hadn't mentally prepared for it. And I was under some serious duress all of a sudden worried I was going to be fired from my job in that moment. Like to me, I'm like, there's going to fire me right now. No, they waited a long time for that. But we sat down and I told her the whole story that happened. And then she was like, why didn't you report it immediately? Why didn't you come to me? And that was a, that was a landmine that I stepped right into. (laughs) And I'm like, you want to know why I didn't tell you? I had a lot of reasons. I had a lot of reasons, starting with the fact that you yourself, you, my manager, Kate, her, she herself, in her own words, told me not to be friends with Sarah because nobody likes Sarah because Sarah reported sexual harassment. She said that to you? Yes. And when she asked me, why didn't you report? I'm like, because you told me not to? Like, what? Am I crazy? Like, we've had this conversation. And then I kind of laid it all out there. And then she was like, always report. I'm so sorry this happened to you. She was very compassionate. She was like, I've been sexually harassed. Always report it, Courtney. Always report it. And then she ended this conversation with one of the weirdest things I will never forget, which was always report it. You never know when it's somebody's last strike. And I'm like, cool. Guys creep. Last strike. This feels pretty okay. I'm not fired. I'm just going to go back and do my job. Moving on with my life, you know? Right. And I, I felt comfortable. And she told me that her and Kevin, um, that is the uh, director of that department, and I'll name drop him all day long. Is that the one the that we talked about on the phone? We who, talked about him on the phone, who, yep. Yeah, the lady yep. that I talked to also mentioned yep. his name. Oh, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a ringleader of this whole group of total toxicity. So, so it definitely so, trickles down. Oh, yeah. This is a trickle down. So... He was going to report it to HR for me. I should expect a call sometime, blah, 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 next steps. Went back to work, did my job. And then nothing. 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 Complete radio silence. And then in addition to that, the guy who harassed me was hanging around me a lot more. A lot more. A lot more. To the point where it's starting to become alarming. Where I'm like, wait a second, this is not how I thought this was going to go. I thought I was going to be called. Nothing. So then. We, we talked again, the three people I, I explained. So my cubicle friend, Sarah, and I were like, I'm like, did you get contacted? Have I been contacted? Has anybody talked to any of you? Like, what's going on here? And we we're like, they never reported it. They didn't. And I know for a fact they didn't. I know for a fact they didn't. I suspected they didn't because obviously nothing happened. Like, I suspected they didn't. I found out for certain they didn't report it when Schwab's lawyers, After my TikTok viral video, Schwab's lawyers interviewed me and they told me the date that it finally was put in front of HR and that was December 17th. So it happened the day before Thanksgiving. I told my managers December 2nd or 3rd, December 17th around there is when it was finally brought up to HR Mm -hmm. and I did it and it wasn't actually necessarily me. It was me, 
And it was the three ladies here that were like all watching each other's back. We did it through the um, the anonymous reporting system. You know, right. there's like that anonymous thing. And we yeah. were like, okay. Anonymous. Anonymous, you know, like we're gonna anonymously do, yeah, no. Like, like those surveys that they have you do that are anonymous, which I, I know someone who said that uh, their manager had mentioned something after they uh, had uh, scored something very low yeah so like oh, yeah, yeah that's it, so not yeah. anonymous yeah anonymous. It's, like, and it's embarrassing too it's like like really you want me to tell on you and then you're gonna read it afterwards and then i have to i have to work for you still this is gonna be real hard and it was real hard so hr gets involved there's an investigation and then they're all telling me they're gaslighting me the whole time going oh your management team has been very forthcoming they they definitely reported it earlier um it's just we've been so busy with the holidays you're not that important to us you know like there's so many other people that we need to talk like you're not that important stop thinking you're so important why do you that's think funny. that you're the center of the universe that's like funny. that's the kind yeah. of weird stuff i was getting and then again like flashing to more recent times the trolling of me was in the same tone that's how i knew who these people were because i'm like constantly telling me i'm not important enough to like be taken seriously has been from day one until now for two years and it's been a lot anyway so hr investigation and when they they and then after they investigated this was even better crickets total silence nothing and i'm like are you done with the investigation? Has anything been done? Whatever. There was a lot of intimidation going on. One of my favorite things that happened, and I say this like kind of as a joke, but also serious. This was one of the worst things that happened, but also hilarious kind of, was all of a sudden the managers in my department were trying to normalize talking about zip ties in the office. To the point where, again, myself and all of the people who sit, you know, like Sarah, we're all just like, are we all of a sudden all talking about zip ties? Like, ah. Uh, like real no no that's that's not normal and it was i had a puppy and i was being told like do you know how to keep the puppy in its cage from like disappearing at night you can zip tie it he's like do you want to know all of I the applications of you can use that. zip ties yeah. Yeah, that like, doesn't even make sense thank you i'm like you working there have you ever had a zip tie conversation no but i also knew to always put this in writing so every single thing that happened email to hr email to hr those guys hate me probably because they're like she's sending another email i mean per our conversation earlier email cya i had an actual folder on <laughs> outlook on my desktop and there was another one that was just titled c y a because i'm like every single instant i reported which you're supposed to by the way according to the handbook that is what you're supposed yeah. to do that not what they want you to do so yeah. when you do that they lose their minds they're like she's setting up a case she's gonna sue us when this happened to me my first thought wasn't oh i'm gonna be like making it rain it was make this stop yeah like i this, love this company yeah. so much i don't want them to have this cloud of of you know bad press around have them. my and back they wouldn't either have my back but, uh, that's yeah yeah and and, and then so that's another thing that always uh, makes me laugh is like that their core values. The first one was integrity first. Have you seen this? <laughs> Sorry. I, I actually, before I came to TikTok and all those things, I was actually trying to tell my story in oil paint. Here we go. I even named the company on the building Integrity. Nice. They nice. painted that on their walls. They had Integrity, 
people matter. Yeah, like, people matter. And then when you tell don't. them that you, yeah, when you like, I, I, yeah. so until so it counts. Me, let me tell you. Let me let me throw a little yeah. bit about my my situation in there. Uh, yeah. So again, I, I was on the electronic communications group, and the title speaks for itself: electronic communications. Uh, well, due to the merger, um, they wanted people to take phone calls uh, two mm -hmm. hours a month. And for me, I'm like, I'm not dumb. Well, this is how it initially started. A senior manager um, who was uh, above us, who, I, you so know, at, at first. Is, by the way, I'm like, I'm going to, I want to know. I'll tell I'll you his wanna, name afterwards. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, he seemed to be an okay guy, at, at, you know, before. And then I was like, this guy's like a scumbag. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so this is how they presented it to us. Uh, and this is when I had two managers ago. And um, okay. yeah, it's coming down from the senior manager. And he's like, hey, guys, we just want to know who's uh, broker trained. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, why would it matter who's broker team oh, when I'm not God. on the phone? That's sneaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh we just, you know, we just want to make sure that everybody's just in case, just in case. So then that just in case turns into, hey, we're going to have you take phone calls for two hours a month um, just because everybody on the Schwab side is on investor, serv investor services. They're trained for the phones and, and just for backups, just in case something goes wrong. And uh, I'm like, uh, no, and no one, no one on electronic communications is excited to take phone calls. There of course were not. people who literally go into that job to escape the phone calls. Yes, there were people who had anxiety yeah. from being on the phones, so they got exceptions or they applied to be on that side, so they didn't yeah. have to take phone calls. And then I'm like, people matter. Okay, so then what yeah. happened was. Um, of course, you know, again, they, they start saying that two hours and I'm like, I'm not dumb. I know you're going to say two hours and then two hours is going to start and, and it's going to be more. Mm -hmm. And so this has gone on for like at least a year because I hadn't taken calls since I think like May or something. They had it. I, I got written up three weeks ago before I got let go. And uh, they had all the dates and everything because they were still putting it on my schedule, even though I was upfront with my manager and right. senior manager oh, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I was like, hey, guys, this is what I said to them. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, uh, you guys want us to take phone calls. Um, I, I understand that it's not you, and I understand that it's the company. Um, but please understand my side. I was recruited for this position. Um, phones were never spoken about. And I do get that there's a merger going on and things change. That may be the case, but... I am not going to take phone calls. If that is what the role entails now, then I don't fit the mold for the role. You can let me go at any time. Whatever you need to do is their company, is their right to do that. Do it, yeah. I'm not mad or whatever. But they continued to put me on the schedule. And I was up front from the beginning. It took them, you were saying that you weren't important enough. It took mm -hmm. them a year for me, almost a year for me saying that I wasn't taking calls. I did the rotation twice. And then when it was on my schedule again for the third time, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it because like the way that I felt, you know, the anticipation you get when you, you know, you're going to start taking phone calls and you don't have control over the call. It would be one thing if I was calling out to someone. Like you're but, triggering my anxiety oh, about yeah, it right yeah. now. I'm like, yeah. 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 And I told them, I said, listen, I know that people are getting. Especially doctors. IS calls. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like, no. And I'm like, I What's know that people are. <laughs> I know that people are getting 
doctor. My AOL notes. email address. Can I put a PDF on it? Yeah, Sorry, go yeah. ahead. They, they just, yeah. Can I get, uh, I, I, I'm going to get a doctor's note to not take phone calls. Yeah. And I said, that's dumb. I'm not getting a doctor's note to not take phone calls. I'm just going to be upfront with you and tell you that I'm not going to take phone calls. Um, and that was the whole case. So it, it got really busy on the social side for a while. And then, you know, there was no phone rotation, but then they brought it back again. So I again told my manager, hey, this is what's going down. Like, actually, it was over like a two-year period because the latest man manager was there for two years. So they brought it back. And uh, that's when I was like, yeah, man, I'm not doing it. So it took them a year from that time, almost a year from that time to, to follow through. And I told him, I said, dude, tell upper management or HR, I don't care who it is, tell them, let, let them know. And he was like, <laughs> my current manager, again, he was a decently cool guy. Uh, I, I don't have any, any problems with him, but uh, he's like, yeah, HR is tied up with the merger and, uh, you know, uh, that they, this, this is not a priority right now. You're so, not important. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I know one thing that happened was that, you know, bonuses were coming up uh, here in March and Schwab does it a little differently uh, than TD Ameritrade. They like and, off right before that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. dumb, bro. Like, bro, like, I've, scoped it, yep. I've scoped it all out. Like, I know what you guys are doing. So they wrote me up and said that my bonus would be impacted. And then uh, my manager was like, uh, like in the write-up was, and I've never been written up in my 14-year career there uh, until this, but uh, in the write-up, it said that I couldn't apply for another position for six months. And uh, uh, They were going to smack you into that role, force you to do as they yeah. say. Yeah, you yeah. did and not like, jump and comply, you're out. And that's Yeah, sick. I'm like, I'm the wrong one, bro. Like, I'm not the, I'm not the one. And uh, so <laughs> the funny thing is, like, so this happened, and they scheduled me uh, in the rotation for the next week. And he was like, I'm not saying that if you if this happens again and you don't take phone calls, that that's going to be it. Like, I don't know. It's up to HR, uh, which was whatever. But then after that happened uh, and I was I was vocal about it. I, and I'll tell you another story here. But I got an email because there was a marketing position uh, that had opened up and I got an email from another uh, employee who CC'd my manager and said, hey, Danelle, uh, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but there's this marketing position open. And so I respond back, knowing that my manager is on there, I reply to all. I say, I just one second, I'm going to interrupt you for oh, one second. I was told quite literally, quite literally, from when I first started TD Ameritrade, that if you're going to get a job internally at TD Ameritrade, your best bet is if you wait for somebody to have a job open up and come to you. So I'm sorry, that was your damn job. You had that exact moment that I'm describing here. That was your job. No one can ever say that. I don't care if HR would be like, well, he didn't really. You That was your job. Now, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. Oh, my God. I'm mad for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, as we talked about, everything happens for a reason. I know, but it's still <laughs> frustrating. No, it, it's totally fine for me. Like, oh. I, I was cool. So oh, I replied yeah. to all and I said, hey, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, let me know, but I'm not allowed to apply for jobs. Not right allowed. Uh, I said this will be my last position with the the company, and maybe that's what did it. Maybe you know, my manager was like, you know, that's not you know, <laughs> and then maybe he told my senior manager, and I think the senior manager was part of it because there's two no, other... it's because you put it in writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, there, here's the two other things that happened. So one was. Uh, since I wasn't taking phone calls, everybody else was taking phone calls or they weren't taking phone calls because they had a doctor's note. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't known that I wasn't taking phone calls. You know, that was supposed to be kept on the low. Um, so, and, and for me, I'm thinking it's because they didn't want like an uprising and people to be like, well, I'm not taking phone calls either. Um, I hope there's an uprising. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hey care guys. at this point. You know, hey, you know, if you're taking calls, start yeah. the uprising. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and so- Mutiny. <laughs> yeah, so I said it in our chat one time, and you know, I was just being honest about it. I was just like, "Hey," because uh, people would always complain. Like when it was their time to take a phone call, they were mm-hmm. upset or like nervous or whatever, or frustrated. And I was like, "You know what?" I told them that I'm not taking calls anymore. They can do whatever they need to do to me, but this is my hill to die on. Like I, I'm not taking phone calls anymore. I t- I made a promise to myself after I did it 14 years ago that I was not going to take phone calls again. And I'm not going to do it again. So it's totally up to them. And then afterwards, my manager like called me like next week. Uh, and he was like, man, what was that about? I thought that was just between us. And he's like, oh. I've, I've got some, <laughs> I, he goes, I've got people coming to me because it made them uncomfortable. Oh, God. Who, who would it make uncomfortable that I said that I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to urge anyone else to not take phone calls. I was that's, just saying that's that actually, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't mean to like interrupt you. That, no, okay. So. I've actually talked to a ton of people from TD Ameritrade, um, particularly TD Ameritrade, like since I got pushed out, that yeah. have been pushed out for various reasons. Like I know a thousand people at this point who have been yeah. managed out of TD Ameritrade. And what you just said right there, that is actually one of their tells when they're managing you out. It was the just between you and me, man, you betrayed my trust. What, like I was giving you an exception there. Other people are complaining about you now. Yeah. That is actually a thing. I've had that said to me twice that I have made other people uncomfortable. And then they tell me that I'm lacking emotional intelligence. Um, I've damaged Quite my brand. Yep. Quite the opposite. Quite, that's what they want you to believe. Oh, like, which everybody... is literally quite the opposite. It's like, no, I set a boundary and you're just yeah, bouncing yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, you don't know how to act. You don't know how to react when someone stands up for themselves. And I, and I told my manager, I said, listen, man, I have savings built up. I'm going to be okay. Like the only thing that I'm concerned with is benefits outside of that, yeah. like whatever, man, you like, I, I, I use this all the time. I said, and like, I started my business in 2013 because my dad died in 2012. I was the only one in the hospital room with him when he collapsed on the bed. I said, I saw my dad die right in front of me. Nothing that this company can do can touch me. My family's healthy. I'm good, bro. Like nothing else can touch me. Once you see that and you know what is important and what makes a difference in life, it, it, you become like different. And I knew that I was different. I, I was the, I was not the norm. I was the exception. So, you know, people were holding on to the job for different reasons. And I'm like, I don't need to, bro. Like I'll I'm be also the exception. I feel that deeply. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> So deeply, yeah. Yeah, and my wife is stressing right now. I know, and I, I just want her to know that it's going to be okay. But she's, like, it, you're not even a weekend yet, you know. Yeah, Let her like, like, you know, she's going to have to go through the freakouts, okay? Yeah. Like the freakouts will happen for a while. Yeah, and sorry to hijack your pop, your interview, like with my with my stuff. So you know, I just that's all stuff that I'm going to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I plan on talking about in the future. But back yeah. to you. I'm sorry for hijack. I just oh, had to no. tell those. <laughs> no, I love it. And, and I do want to say this too. I'm not sure if I, if I did touch it in the last one, what made it so perfect for you to reach out to me 
was, um, okay, so you talked about, I don't know if we, I think you, we did this offline, like before we actually started recording, but you were talking about your stages of how you started your podcast. Yeah. And then it started out with like a blog and then you gave yourself like, I'm going to yeah, do that this. Yeah, that was earlier today, day. yeah. So I had never done anything like that because I was always too busy while working, even during the work from home situation. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to start all these businesses. I'm going to do all this stuff. I, I taught myself how to oil paints, like what I just showed you. I learned right. how to do that during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it was like, this was my creative healing process. And I wanted to tell the story through art. But then I started to realize that I just couldn't tell it as well through visual art than just saying it. Right. You know, because you were telling me that was kind of your evolution. You did that too over the course of many years. I did that over the course of a couple of months, which was <laughs> kind of insane. And I, I will admit that was, I just... You know, I'm an achiever. Like, I'm just going to fast forward that. It was kind of crazy. So I went from writing at first. So I was doing a lot of stuff on, like, Instagram where I was writing, like, out my experience. I was I was explaining what happened to me because I was so freaking sick of having to tell the story over and over and over again. Yeah. I was really sick of having to explain to somebody. And then they're like, mm, you know, I don't believe you. And I'm like, yeah. at first, I'm like, I get it. I wouldn't believe me either. But listen to this. And then I got sick of doing that because I'm like, yeah. I'm so sick of people not listening to me. So what I did was I put it all out there publicly. And if somebody said that, I'm like, you can go back hey, let me and look. Send you a link. Let yeah. me just send you a link to when I said this before, you know, and that has been the most healing thing I've ever done. I'm like, I'm just taking all of this terrible stuff that happened to me. And I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. And whoever that lands on, if it really upsets the people who did it, you know what? That's their problem to deal with. Yeah. Um, I have learned that there are, you know, things like lawsuits that can also, you know, complicate everything and make it just so much more troubling. But I would never go back on that and do it again or do it any differently than I did because I'm really yeah. proud of being able to put out there exactly what happened to me. And the funny thing is a lot of my content on TikTok particularly, I had like when I was writing, when I was writing, um, you know, stuff on Instagram and posting pictures. I was like, who is my audience? Who am I even talking to? Because when you're doing something like this, you have to have a voice. Yeah. Who are you talking to? What perspective are you talking to? If you don't, nobody's going to care what you're saying because you're just going to be all over the place. And I am so ADHD. I'm all over the place anyway. <laughs> so it was like, you know, like, how do I funnel this in to an audience? Who is my audience? And I, I actually did like an exercise where I wrote down like lots of words and like things that could be my audience. And it all kept going back to one thing. And it was, and I, I've told you this, the social media team at TD Ameritrade. I was like, that is the audience I want. Because of what I thought was exactly kind of what you just said, where I'm like, I want to start a mutiny within the company because this is terrible. And there's more of us than there are of them. And they've kicked me out, but I can still tell you guys what happened to me. And if yeah. you hear what happened to me, yeah. And then you can look around yourself and be like, hey, Sarah, you know this person. Is she is she legit? And she's like, dude, I was there. She wasn't even going to report it. And then I did. And then I got sucked into it. And then she's got her own story, which I mean, her story, you got to ask her for her story. Her story's and, she's willing to tell it. And so I and hadn't seen, you know, you we talked about being over in the headquarters building. Well, yeah. uh, since I moved to the social media team, I was across the street in one of the exchanges uh, mm -hmm. and then for two years and then two years, you know, working from home. So like I hadn't seen Sarah and I don't know how long. So but like we go way back, like back to South Roads, like that's I, why we've never seen each other. It must have you probably were you in one or two exchange? Uh, I was in. Two or, two or three, I'm sorry. I think two. two or three. You were in two. Okay. So when you probably moved to two exchanges when I moved to headquarters, 
because before that I was in three exchange because I was an NCDG before that. Yeah, I was so the like, one closest to the street, whichever. Yeah, then that would have been two exchange. Yes. One exchange was sold a million years ago. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I actually started a long time ago, like when I first started TD Ameritrade and I told HR this on my way out the door. Like they knew this. I warned them what I was going to do after they fired me. Yeah. And I did it. I told them what I was going to do. I told them, I was like, I was, I was an English major in college. I've always wanted to tell a story. I've always <laughs> wanted to tell a story that resonates with people. And I've been looking for that story my whole life. And I've almost borrowed other people's stories, but I didn't feel like I was the right person telling it. Like my sister, for example, is a cop and she's a local OPD cop and she has stories. And like, she has this whole thing that she talks about, which is called the, the mysteries of law enforcement. And it's hilarious. Cause like, like me, she's very like animated and she like tells stories and she's like, I don't know why anytime I arrest a person, they're wet. I don't know why they're wet, but they're always wet. And like, she goes into this thing where she was like, one time it was just mashed potatoes. And I'm like, I guess when you're getting arrested, it's probably one of the worst days of your life. Of course, you're going to be wet with mashed potatoes. You know, like it's just something like that. And I wanted to turn that into a story, you know, into something. And she was like, no, Courtney, like these are people's real lives. I arrest them. You're not turning into a story. And I'm like, oh, so I was looking for a story and I wanted it to be local because, you know, Omaha is, Omaha is legit. Like, People in Omaha will protect their own. They will, you know, promote their own people. Like, I love this city. Also dislike it just with all the stuff going on at the moment. I kind of want to yeah. take a vacation. But still, you know, I love the city. And working at TD Ameritrade, when I first started there, and then dating somebody who'd worked for the company for like 10 years, I started getting kind of obsessed with what I refer to as TD Ameritrade folklore. Where And then I was also referred to the company by a managing director who'd worked there for over 20 years. And I had all these connections. And I would just sit down with people and be like, tell me your story. And they would. And I took notes. And they saw me do that. And they're like, what are you doing this for? I'm like, I want to write a book about this place. Like, this place is fun. And then I got harassed. And I'm like, well, here's a story. Here's the story I must have been meaning to tell this whole time. Because now I have that and all the backstories and all of the networking and all of the connections that I've made. And I really have been wanting to liberate all of the people that work at this place that have, that, I mean, they're like the psychological damage that a lot of this stuff does to us. I mean, even just what we were talking about with taking phone calls, like personally, on a personal note, I never had a problem taking phone calls. I actually loved it because I can talk for hours about anything. I love helping people. I have a lot of patience for older individuals who do not know what a PDF is. Um, they always <laughs> used to joke on the team I was on was that I had the best mom voice out of everybody on the team. So when we'd have like an advisor calling and they were getting like, you know, they're getting all uppity about something. They're getting all mad. And they're like, you got to help me with this right now. They're like, we're going to put Courtney on the phone. And they're like, here, Courtney, can you take them? And I'm like, we're not talking to us like this. Do we understand? Like we will yeah. go forward on this conversation if we are all going to be respectful. And they'd be like, okay. But they would only listen to me. And I like that. But I completely understand how the rest of my team didn't want to do that. And I would yeah. volunteer for that work all the time because I'm like, I, if I don't have to like keep track of all these other things going on, I can just answer the phone all day. I will, you know, you're going to pay me for it. Cool. But that's a personal preference of mine. And there was enough of people like me at that company to be able to, take those calls from people like you. But to them, they have this weird misplaced sense of fairness and also sense of control. You said no. Yeah. They didn't like that. Yeah, no. I said no to sexual harassment. They didn't like that. Yeah, they don't they... like hearing no. 
And it's a power and it's a control thing and it's ugly. And the thing is, there are more people at the bottom than there are in the middle and the top. And I just really hope that I can inspire and we can inspire those people to stand up for themselves because yeah, if you stand up for yourself, you get fired. And that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That is the problem. You know, like that is illegal. Well, <laughs> what I was laughing about a few minutes ago was uh, I was not laughing at you, but when you said that you mm. told them what you were going to do. Uh, oh, so yeah. when I got my uh, email for separation from the company and uh, mm -hmm. one of the things was talking about the confidentiality, how the Schwab takes it seriously. And I was like, I was like, I, you know, that's cool. Like, I'm definitely going to talk about my experience on my podcast, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't plan on saying anything that's confidential. You know, right. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that, but I'm definitely telling my story. So oh, like no. you spoke to yeah. me when you said that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've from the beginning, because usually how this goes is a woman gets sexually harassed. She complains about it. She goes forward with it. The company pays her off to be silent. She signs an NDA, moves on with her life, and then yeah. spends the rest of her life hating herself for it. And, and I, I know that last did not part. sign an NDA. Yeah. Same. I know that last part, the spends the rest of her life hating herself for it. Because when I went to TikTok and I told my story and woman after woman, after woman, after woman, there was a point where I actually took count. I've lost count now where I've been told individually, it was 2000 stories is where I stopped counting 2000 women. And this, and I stopped counting, this would have been October, October. I haven't even like the amount of women who came forward and told me their stories of sexual harassment and then what happened to them afterwards. And the majority of them that signed NDAs said that they wish they had never done it because think about your situation right now, like 14 years, you worked there for 14 years. If you were to sign an NDA, you would not be able to publicly and you have a podcast. So it might just accidentally pop out of your mouth from time to time. You could never publicly talk about that 14 years of your life pertaining to the company. Like, be like, I, I, oh yeah, I used to work yeah. at this. How can you erase that? You cannot yeah. no, erase you know, somebody's past. You know, when I, I, I determined many years ago, this is back when um, Fred Tomzik had just taken <laughs> over. I had decided I was, that I would I never, never do I was never those. under that ruling. I was never under him. Well, it, I mean, he, I mean, whatever to him, I don't know. But uh, I, I just remember them laying off a bunch of people, uh, you know, and, and they were saying that they didn't need to uh, have some of these positions filled. And um, the people who were getting let go, uh, they were approached to do the NDAs. Um, and then like the very next week or like the next or that week or something, it, it was in the paper, the Omaha World Herald, that uh, Tom Zick had got like a million dollar bonus or something like that. And uh, I heard that story. Yeah, that, yeah. That story started circulating the rounds right when Schwab bought TD Ameritrade. Yeah. That one. And have you heard of the really terrible story, just real quick, of PayPal locally when they laid off an entire group of people by renting two buses, showing up at the office, putting a portion of the people in the buses. And then keeping the rest of the people in the office, the people who stayed behind got no. fired or like laid off. And everybody who was on the bus went to a hotel where they gave them cocktails and celebrated. And uh, it was like all I, over I the world. Past, world and, yeah. and I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? That is so inhumane. But yeah, like when, yeah. when we found out we were getting bought, it was like mayhem. I remember that. It was like, that was some weird, those were some weird days there. Um, but yeah, like something something I wanted to say really quickly though. Oh gosh, now it's it's slipping my mind now. Something you had said like hit hit something with me, and I 
Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> so, Let's... oh, that, that's actually what I was going to say. Okay, so social media team. I think I was on this tangent. Okay, so I actually wanted to be on the social media team. That's where I wanted to go because I love social media. Right. Obviously, like I was able to like make a presence and I wanted to go there. And like the steps you have to take to like go into those certain jobs, like they were like, you don't know anybody on the social media team. You don't know any of the managers. How are you going to get a job over there? I'm like, it should just be because I really like to do it and I would like to join the team and I would make a good asset to it. The amount of political things you had to do to like get into different roles and the fact that you were in that role and then being made to take calls randomly. Like this is the reason why they can't, why they have to do that. And I knew this firsthand from being in a relationship for many, many years with my ex fiance, who was an L and D who quite literally was the person when you started TD Ameritrade who took you through the licensing and onboarding, okay? So like he was the one who was in all the meetings with all the higher up people that are talking about retention and why they're having to constantly hire so many people and they don't have enough people taking calls. Why you have to take calls? You wanna know why? Terrible terrible leadership. Their retention, it was the turnover. Yeah, I know, the turnover was like obscene. If you just treat your people like human beings, they will keep working for you. Let, let me tell you, that same douchebag douche senior manager that said that... Uh, I have to know this one's name at the end yeah. of this call. I, I've already guessed who it is. I have who I think it is well, in my head. His name is, is he not... a white man of average height and build, possibly... <laughs> Aren't they Sorry, all that white men? Everyone yeah, yeah, I was like, aren't they all white men? Yeah. I mean, manage, I mean, average there's like two, white men, average white men. Does he wear just, skinny jeans? I'm kidding. No, probably. Sorry. I'll just say he's not Jesus Christ, but he might have the same initials. I'm just saying. Ah! Yes. So. Knew uh, it. Knew uh, it. <laughs> but, I don't like that guy. If you can't tell. So, like I said, like. So this is one of the things that really yes. like pissed me off one time, right? Uh. So we had a huddle. Um, um, we, we had an hu- a huddle that he attended. And we had been struggling. We had been getting our butts kicked on social uh, because, you know, all of the, the Tim Hockey stuff and, like, leaving and whatever else was going on. I can't even remember there was so much stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so like we were we were drowning and i'm like and he jc came to uh the huddle and he's talking about how the company's hiring so many people in such and such and however many months or whatever and i go that's all great and whatnot but how many of those people are coming to help us on the social team you're talking about phone people i, I i'm i'm saying that i'm telling you guys we have all of us have been telling you that we are drowning mm-hmm. we are drowning and then they never they they never did anything. And then uh, the well, we had another. I think he's like a director, and uh, his first and initial, his first and last initials. Are, hey, I'm way ahead of you. Does he does he have a very punchable face? I mean, I guess I I don't know. I I never really thought much about him, so I don't I don't know. But like, um. This is what, like, after months of us saying that we were drowning and struggling, he came to one of our meetings, and he said, like, this is when they were talking about mandatory overtime. Mm-hmm. 
and they made us, you know, started doing mandatory overtime. But he goes, we'll get through this together. Oh, God. Well, you know, like we 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 made our bed and now we have to lay in it. I'm like, who uh, made, like we, we didn't make our bed. We, we didn't make our bed. This is not a we. Yeah, no. I was asking months ago for help. I was at, so, and I, yeah, I was like, whatever, dude. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. I, like, I'm done. Like, I'm so done. So I had mentally checked out however long ago, but I was just, again, holding on because it was it was easy and I was working from home. Like, you, if you go back through my TikToks, um, I have a TikTok from the day that I, was uh notified that i was going to be working from home like i did a dance down the stairs and uh, <laughs> to the happy song <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm totally up. Yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's like you know two years ago so you have to scroll a little bit but uh yeah so that that was I definitely one thing that i could send you a tiktok right now that's on my band account i'm gonna have to see if i can hunt it down because i have one on ss i actually have three three Oh, he right. was grooming me for leadership at a point really he really liked me a lot yeah. a lot and not in a creepy way i'm not meaning that in any sort oh, of creepy okay. way more of like we got along personalities yeah, yeah. um and he was an ncdg senior at the time yeah. um before director or whatever and he i mean he actually like sat his desk next to mine and we would chat like during the day and i used to make fun of him for um his medium shirts because he would have like extra medium, you know, like, it's like, yeah. are you trying to make your, your arms bulge there? Like that looks a little inappropriate. Like we would joke like that. Like him and I were, were friends until he, I think thought I turned on him that I made a huge mistake at a meeting once that he had me there. And it was all of the veteran workers were starting a mutiny and everyone was getting real, real mad because the comp plan kept changing during the Scott trade acquisition. Yeah. And so he was like, I'm going to have this open. It was like, everybody's making all these assumptions. So I'm going to have lunch and I'm going to invite two by two people because I care about you guys. So he's inviting two people from each team. I'm one of those two people because, you know, I'm so bubbly and I'm, I'm my numbers are great. And I just, I'm really, they kept telling me I was an influencer and I could just influence everyone. And they wanted me there. They had no idea what they were dealing with, with me. Apparently I didn't either. Um, this is where everything went downhill for me at TD Ameritrade after this one meeting. So I am about to go to this meeting and a bunch of guys on my team were like, why are you invited to this? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? I'm awesome. And they were like, you have been in this department for, oh, I don't know, three weeks. It was like maybe three months. But yeah. it's like, we've been here for like 20 years and they have messed with our compensation plan for the last time and we're mad. And I'm like, oh, okay, tell me more about that because I don't want to go and represent you as a team without knowing all of your concerns. So I took them to lunch before this meeting. This was not what SS wanted us to do. <laughs> but again, in my opinion, this is what a leader does. They were grooming me for leadership they wanted me to go to this meeting to me in my head i am so foolish at this time in my life yeah. very i go to lunch with all of the guys on my team particularly the older ones the ones who had been there a million years like um i'm not gonna throw their names out but if i did you would know them these are the people like the legends that have been at td bear trade forever you yeah. know like one of them has more overtime than any human being should ever like you know i'm talking about like i'll like there's just We'll, we'll talk names later. So I asked all these guys to come to this like thing and I listened to them and I took notes. I asked questions. I listened. I took notes. And then I took those notes to the meeting with this senior manager. 
And I told him all of their concerns because that's what he asked us to do. Literally ask us to do that. I still have the email. It was in my TikTok. I mean, I read the email from this guy. Like this is what he asked us to do. This is what I did. And then this is what happened as a result. And it was bad. I got managed out of that job. I got pushed into self-directed plan services because I went to this meeting and I was like, you keep messing with people's pay. Like that itself, you can buy as many pizzas for us as you want or have any stupid challenges or games. Stop, just pay people what they're worth. That's, that's what everybody's complaining about. And that was it. Apparently that was a bombshell. I just dropped (laughs) and it was, oh my gosh, I was no longer, I was no longer being groomed for leadership after that. And I learned, I'm like, okay, I'm not a leader at this place. I'm not a leader and I'm not to them. I wasn't a leader, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a leader outside of that. It doesn't mean that I, you know, have to take that onto the rest of my life. I feel like I am a leader on social media, you know, and especially in the corporate space. Like when I'm like the queen of corporate TikTok, like the people, like once my, when my account went down, my people, like all of the people who follow me who are all other like corporate women are like, oh no, we're writing emails, you know? And like, they're all doing that for me. And that's because I, if I'm going to lead anything, if I'm going to be an influencer, I have to have it set to my moral compass. And my moral compass is actual integrity. And I actually believe that people matter. And when I started that company and I thought they believed that too, I worked so hard for them. Yes. yes. You know? Yes. And they used me and they totally threw me out. And then not just that, they threw me out and they've been like stomping on me ever since, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and like I told you before, that flame that I had, like I used to do in huddles, like daily huddles, there was like mm-hmm. Danelle's minute and I would like say something positive for the day uh, yes. when I had the, my I original manager. But then after that, I, mean, I was, they oh, asked me if I wanted to do it again. I was like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. No, you, I got, you know, you I got to tell you, yes, I did. I was so into running huddles. I made Mad Libs out of the TD Ameritrade, like, motto and, like, their mission statement and all of those things. And then would, like, do it during huddle. And people are like, I never knew what that was. I've never yeah. even heard that before. And I'm like, I bleed green, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did the polar bear plunge once. I'm like, I, I, I did that water too. for these people. Yeah, like I the that. things I did, and it was never enough. Never enough. And it never would have been enough. They want everything. They take everything. And it really isn't because you're right. It's finance. It's yeah. all about the money. That's all it comes back to. And I mean, you know, <laughs> take it for what you will. You know, that's why I had to make it transactional because I was like, well, they're using me to get work done, I'm using them for money. Like, I'm okay with that transaction. Mm-hmm. Like, but there were some days where I just felt dirty where I would see stuff or like, uh, you know, we would get some some incoming messages from people that were, would be cursing or something. And, uh, you know, they like they would talk to the, the bot, like however, and then you'd jump in and say, hey, you know, please be respectful. And they'd be mm-hmm. like, we should show empathy towards those guys. Like if they're just, if you just come in and just say F off, like I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not showing empathy towards whatever you're going through if you just tell me yeah. to F off or tell the system to F off, but whatever. <laughs> oh, no, and- I, I, I actually have a sexual harassment example of that. So when I was in NCDG and I was, uh, there was a guy in my team called me the NCDG prom queen. Okay. Like, 
and it was accurate. Okay. Like I headed up the food days and like our, one of our mutual friends who was ahead of the AEC, Mm -hmm. uh, associate engagement committee. Yeah. Like she would like, she, she dressed me up in a straight jacket and put me in a, um, a Halloween haunted house in, in there one time. And I got in trouble for this. I thought it was hilarious. I got an old broken headset and this was right around the Scott trade when everybody's on the phones and everybody's yeah. like hating life because it was constant. And I put, and this was right around Halloween, I put like the headset on and I was in a straight jacket rocking back and forth in a haunted house going, thank you for calling TD Ameritrade. Thank you for calling TD Ameritrade. <laughs> we appreciate your business. We appreciate you. And, and people walk and in really and go, <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like, I've got to go. And like, I was, I was freaking people out. They made me stop. It was funny. You know, but it was, you know it's but like, it it's like comedy. Uh, you know, every, every piece of comedy has some sort of dark, you know, you know, dark. Yeah. And that's how I survive is talking about things directly. Truth, in the truth was what I was going to say, but uh oh, I lost your video. Sorry, yeah. It's coming oh, okay. back. There we go. Sorry. Um, yeah. But, um, I was, it was going to be on her. She, yeah, I've lost it again. Trains of thoughts. So many of those. <laughs> so many. So, okay. So we've been going long here yeah. again. So what I think that we should do, like, I, okay. I want to touch on a couple more things and then okay. maybe we just have you back on another day. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll like touch base with you and get an update. Uh, so you worked there for the four years or whatever. Your work was impeccable before yes. any of the harassment stuff began. How did your exit happen? What what did that look like? This is I, the I one remember I talked about, and I'll okay. talk about. It. Okay. So what happened was I I had been um, I'd been bullied. Um, I was getting excessively monitored, where my my computer would shut down because there would be like pop up boxes and coding boxes, and it was a lot of like Windows PowerShell was constantly breaking my computer. Um, there was a lot of things going on with that. I also am a single mom and I live in Waterloo right next to the river. If you remember a couple of years ago, that river flooded um, in the spring and drowned my entire community basically for, you know, several weeks. And since then, like the river is always like a little bit, you know, scary, just like right there. And during the springtime, like right now, if we get excessive rain, a lot of times I'm like kind of on the edge of, you know, pack my kids up and leave because the river's coming over. I'm so close to the river, I can see it. Right. So last year, spring, it's in May or not May. It was like very, very beginning of May. So March, end of March. Um, it was like a week of like rain and wind and my, um, my internet had gone out a couple of times and it does because of yeah. where I'm situated and everything. And it, we were all working from home calling Cox was like, you know, <laughs> I, I had their, I had like their, you know, chat thing open all the time. The amount of times I'd have to reset my router in a day. Worst part like, of working all, from all, home that's, for me. You understand. So yep. it was, my kids had to take their final exams at school. Um, and they had iPads they were doing it on. They were doing at-home learning after, you know, the comments and the bullying at school about me lying for a uh, lying about rape for money. I yeah. pulled my kids into at-home school the rest of that year because I was afraid for their mental health. And they had to do their final exams and they couldn't because their internet went down. So it was like all of these things going on at once. And it was just like early in the morning. And I text my manager. I was like, hey, my internet's out right now. My kids need to take these tests. I'm going to take them down the road to um, get the fresh house. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. A video started playing. I wasn't. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I took them down the road to a friend who had like Wi-Fi. They got on their Wi-Fi. They took their tests. I was going to come home and log in and do my job as I always did. Now, keep in mind with this, I have never been written up, not once. I had yeah. never even, I was never even on a verbal. 
never, even though they wanted to, I fought every single thing and was really good at kept records anyway. So, but I knew they wanted to get rid of me. Like it was only a matter of time. My days were numbered. I was like, I knew that I was preparing. Like you're saying, you know, like, how do I, how do I live after this? At the friend's house, kids finish the exams. I go to text my manager saying that I'm going to check to see if my internet's come back on and I'm coming back. And on my phone, I got an alert from Cox saying that there was fraudulent activity in my account. And so I called them and I was like, what, like, what fraud, like I called, like the internet was out and they're like, yeah, but a a phone call came in from a different phone number and it was a woman, it was a woman's voice. And she had all of your private information. She had like your social security number, your date of birth, all of this stuff. And she was asking about your, you know, outage and we'd already talked to you. So it was weird that somebody with a different voice from a different phone Mm. was calling, pretending to be you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah thank you for for that and they're like so we've locked your account down you have to do like the two-part you know often and i'm like can i did you record that call and they were like yeah all of our calls i'm like can i have that call i'm like i need to know who is using my information who on earth would give af about my cocks I yeah. mean, I'm not going to say who I think it is, but I think yeah. it's pretty easy. Yeah. Right. And at that point, I was like, I have been threatened with home invasion. And now somebody is fraudulently stealing my personally identifiable information to try to catch me lying about my internet connection during a pandemic during the spring in a community that was flooded out two years ago my concern is valid yeah so yeah i didn't contact her ever again that that was the last i would i refuse to speak to her because i'm like you do not that is that is that is fraud and so i contacted hr and i i was going to log into my computer at home and then i was just going to send an email to hr going this stops now like this is crossing so many lines but I couldn't log in. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. Like my internet had gone back. But I couldn't log in anymore. Yeah. And I, and then I was like, oh my gosh, super paranoid at this point. I went over to a friend's house. Like, well, actually it was um, my ex who like we tried to get back together a couple of times for all this, but he was working from home too. I drove to his house and I tried to log in from his laptop. I'm like, if the VPN doesn't work here, it's not my internet. It's not my internet that's going out. It's their freaking equipment is messing with like, I mean, I was a little paranoid too. I don't know how much of it was true and how much, you know, it was just like me worrying that they were spying on me in my house. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was like at this point to me, it was like, world's going down in flames. So I got to his, I couldn't log in there either. So I couldn't log in from anybody's. Like I was already locked out at that point. And, and then anytime, and they did this to me all the time. I got locked out of the system all the time. And then I would have to call tech support. Yeah. I spent so much time on tech support that their call center people started knowing me by name, by phone number. They're like, Courtney. And I'm like, Hey guys, how was your weekend? You know? And I'm like, how do I know all of the call center people that are in Denver, um, that are doing the IT stuff by first name, last name. I know what their kids are doing. I know their dog's names. I shouldn't be talking to them that much. You know, that's <laughs> right, the right, problem. Right. In it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was so obvious they were messing with me because they were trying to make it seem like I was trying to 
get paid without working. Yeah. They, were, they were trying to orchestrate me being a bad employee on all levels, using the pandemic against me. And I'm like, I'm already losing my mind because of the pandemic and teaching my kids school from home and the world is burning and you just can't stop bullying me. But this, this was, this was like, I lost it at this point. And I sent HR an email from my personal email. Like, no, you do not use my personal information for fraud. And they were like, they never even responded acting like that was thing. They're like, but you need to log in. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't log in. And they're like, we haven't seen any calls from tech support. You need to call tech support. I'm like, no, I'm not going to work for Kate anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to work for Kate. I'm not going to work for Kevin. Kevin's the director. I'm like, I will not work for those people anymore. I will log in if you can find me a job. And I told them this too. I will take a call center job. I would go back to IS. Now you understand what that means. Yeah. I told them at that point, I would take any job. And they didn't give me anything. Hmm. Instead, they terminated me. Now, if they needed people so bad to answer the phone, what yeah. would be the problem with me doing that? They fired you for not doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no, I was already trained, and you know what? I was broker trained. You know what? I had Series 24 license. I mean, <laughs> heck, I've done a lot of stuff, you so, know? And, and Instead, let, let, they terminated me. Let me tell you. I, I, again, the smoke where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, yep. I no doubt believe what you, I'm. I'm. I'm shocked by how deep this goes. Um, yep. uh Personally, but also, uh, like I believe it because so this yeah. is one of the things that happened. So, you know, working from home, mm-hmm. we're supposed to go back, you know, this year, and then it got <laughs> delayed. But yep. they offered you an opportunity to apply for 100% work from home if you want it. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it because I was like, is it even really worth it? Like, I'm, you know, I'm close to the end. And um, I hadn't done it. And the deadline to submit your request was coming up. And my manager reached out and said, hey, if you have any interest in doing it. He's like, I know you don't really want to be in the office. Again, no shade to my manager. Uh, he was as cool right. as a manager could be within the limitations that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes, yeah, if you if you have any interest, go ahead and submit it and I'll approve it in the system. So he approved it. I could see it in the system. And this is the other thing that I thought was like shady. Mm-hmm. So he ended up telling me that it got rejected uh, because of the mm-hmm. open case for me, like, oh, I had an open disciplinary action case for not taking phone calls when I was scheduled. So this is what he said. He goes, had you had you put any reconsideration into taking phone calls? It's only two hours a month. I'm not saying that it will change the outcome of you being approved to work from home, but, you know, maybe, maybe it would. And I was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm like, that's never changing. I'm never going to say that I'm going to take phone calls. Um, but yeah, I felt like they tried to strong arm me. And then yeah, they started to trick you too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah, no. Wording really complicated and see if maybe he says yes. Yeah. Like I'm not, dumb. I'm not, I'm not dumb. And then yeah. like, I might not be smart, but I'm not dumb. <laughs> but, right. So this is the other thing to it. Like that I thought was funny. Like they couldn't. They could, I could see that it went to the senior manager and it was w- mm-hmm. awaiting his approval. But like, if there's a whole course, a whole process for me to submit a request, 
wouldn't you think that they would be able to reject the request or decline the request in the system? Right. No, I yeah. had to go. I, I, it was asked that I go into the system and remove it. And I'm like, hmm, that seems strange. No way. Yeah, that, that seems strange. Like you can't, the, the senior manager who's, it's waiting for his reply, he can't hit decline. If this was in real life and not corporate life, that'd be called like entrapment or something. Like, yeah. I, or like coercion yeah, or. I mean, it was just weird. I was just like, hmm. Coercion. Like, not, they're coercing you into making a decision you didn't make, but they want it to digitally look like you did it. Yeah. You know, the funny part about that is if you really think about it, I thought they could just do this themselves, but they can't manipulate some of these, these systems. They can't, they can't manipulate the timestamps on it. I think they try. I think, you know, they have an entire social, you know, not social media, but like um, tech teams that do this stuff too. Yeah. Outside tech firms that they bring in to stalk me as well. I mean, there's all sorts of things that they can do with this stuff. And it's just, what's upsetting though, is they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to spend the money. They wouldn't have to spend the time if they just treated everybody at the bottom, like it's a pyramid people at the bottom, the people who actually do the work at the company, if you just treat those people like human beings, and, we and, have a problem. Yeah. And, and, and HR, for anyone who doesn't know what, what HR stands for, um, it stands for human, human. resources. Yeah. So one would believe that they were resources for humans. They're not. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, someone commented, someone I used to work with, they commented that HR is not there for you. Uh, they're there for the company. The company. So, and that may be I, true. I, I mean, had to make you know. a public service announcement on my TikTok page pretty early on when I started, like, you know, gaining some popularity that I was no longer going to read, respond to, or even acknowledge anybody saying that HR is just for the company because it was quite literally being commented so many times it was annoying me even though I'm like <laughs> yeah I get it I agree but it would be like you go into my comment section and it would be just like you could just scroll through hundreds and hundreds of people and then people giving examples of that and then people in HR going oh I used to do that job they only work for the company it's yeah, like they should it's, just call that it is corporate such a resources thing that or company well resources known. Yeah. Do you follow, just real quick on TikTok, you've got to follow the HR agent of chaos. You remind seen. me of him. I have not. I have not. You need, you need to find him. He's a friend of mine. Uh, like we've become like good friends, actually him and I, you remind me of him. You've got a very similar personality and he's in HR and he's trying to like reform HR from the inside of, uh, which I love because I think he works for Capital One now. And he's yeah. like, and he's in HR and he was like, like he points out all of the things that they, that people like us would complain about and talk talked about like how he thinks that HR people can do better. And I'm like, those are the type of voices that I want to push up out there too, because I'm like, I don't think that a lot of these people are inherently bad, but yeah. I feel like the companies itself perpetuates this behavior and it snowballs it into becoming a serious social problem and even a mental health problem for millions of Americans, you know? Yeah, yep. And poverty problem, like it is, this is a political problem when it comes down to it, which is sad. Yeah. All right, last okay, question yeah. for the day. Last question yes. for the day. Cause I, one of the things before we talked, one of the things that I, I, I was questioning was uh, your feelings towards Charles Schwab. Because initially <laughs> I thought, 
I mean, it seemed like you were upset with them. And I was like, well, how can she be upset with Charles Schwab when Charles Schwab wasn't, they, they weren't at the top of the list when all this stuff went down. But now through your explanation, I can kind of see how you're saying that they dropped the ball. Yeah. I knew that you were, I, when I was telling people about this, I was saying that what it appeared to me that you were just questioning them on, is this what you stand for? And how can you allow something like this to happen? So that you kind of cleared that up for me during the conversation, but that was going to be my last question is. Um, no, that's a good one. That's a great one. Um, because that's when it comes down to it with a lot of the legal cases and stuff, that is what they're going to try to claim is that, you know, all of the toxic stuff was that TD Ameritrade. It wasn't Schwab. Yeah. And when I was working there and when Schwab was taking over, I was actually kind of excited about seeing what they would do to change, you know, this situation. And Schwab never weighed in on my situation. I never talked to Schwab, like HR. It was only TD Ameritrade HR until the end. So um, a couple of weeks before the incident that I just described where my personal information was used to access my Cox account in a fraudulent way, um, a couple of weeks before that happened, I had, um, I had applied for jobs outside of my role and I wasn't on any sort of disciplinary action. So I should have been able to get those jobs. I, of course, didn't get any. I was blackballed. I was told I was on the do not hire list. And you know, that's a thing. We all yeah. know it's a thing. We all know it's a thing. Yeah. Everybody knows it's a thing. I had managers from TD Ameritrade contacting me going, it is a thing. You know, and I'm like, I know it's a thing. I've seen it. I've been digging into this for a while. But anyway, I was on the do not hire list. I just wanted to get out. I was at a point where my mental health was so low, I was kind of afraid for my own life at this point. Um, and I was, I was going to therapy and stuff, but it wasn't getting any better. And so I was trying to get out really, really hard. The last job that I had, I didn't get, I didn't get it. And I sent an email to HR going, I'm on a do not hire list. And I know it, you know it, we all know it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, help sure. me out of the situation. I don't want to keep screaming about this. I just want peace. And so they sent or she came on her own, whatever, HR, very high up in HR. I mean, I checked the org, org chart when I got like a Slack message from this lady. Um, and her name is Amanda Marino. And I'll throw her name out there. You, you look her up on LinkedIn. She is a very important person. She's actually gotten several, and I mean several, um, promotions since here. And I called her out by at least first name on my TikTok page. And there has been a blog and a... Um, podcast that covered a email I sent directly to her um, because she killed me. And I, there's a lot of my content is about her. I have videos of her and I talking because right, the first I time I I've, seen, I've seen something like that. Yeah. The first, the first time she contacted me, she treated me like a human being. Like I said that I thought everybody should be treated like a human being. She treated me like a human being is going to kill me. This is why I'm so mad at them. It was the first time I've been treated like a human being from the beginning of it. So she calls and she was like, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I'm not here to do any of this stuff. I just feel for you and I want to help you. How can I help you? And I'm like, thank you for asking. Right. And I tell her, I broke down. She broke my defenses down. I had been so strong. I had not cried. I had not demanded anything. I had not been unprofessional. I mm -hmm. had held my shit together for years at this point. And then this woman calls and is like, she broke me down in a second and I trusted her and I believed her and I shouldn't have because HR is what there for the yeah. people. Yeah. And I felt so stupid after she calls and she was like, okay, well, I found a job for you. You won't be working for Kate, but it's still going to be under Kevin. Yeah. And, and again, I'm like, that's not a solution yeah. at all. 
And again, the person that I spoke with separately dropped his name and said that she wasn't surprised that it happened under his yeah yeah direction i actually have something i'm going to send you after this call which is um he makes all of his managers sign this thing that's called a charter where one of the lists says that you will repeat you will protect each other's reputations at all levels and he means that as management only Mm -hmm. so all of his managers literally have to sign a charter that they frame and prominently display in the office that says we respect or we protect each other's reputations above anything else. And that is all that's been happening here from the beginning of this. And I couldn't work for them anymore. I was like, I can't work under this organizational chart. If you just put me somewhere else, I'll be fine. I'll take, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I just can't do this anymore. And that was the solution was to give me hope and then smash it immediately. And that crushed me and I, I mean i'll be honest like i had managed to keep myself really strong and managed to keep myself to a point where i was like people are inherently good these aren't bad people trying to make my life terrible it's just a bad situation it's personality differences i was doing everything i could not to actually just come out and say you guys are corrupt and you deserve to be called out for this right after amanda the hr from schwab and that was at that point i was like f schwab yeah. F Schwab, okay. because they had the they had the opportunity to come in there and do better. And they did not. They doubled down on it, which made me feel like they knew what was going on from day one. Of course yeah. they did. Of course they did. Of course they did. I was stupid to think that there would be a difference. And that that hurts so much because I was that stupid. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not making that up. I genuinely You want to believe broke in the best my heart. You want to believe, you know, you want to see the best in people. So it makes sense, but yeah, we're not dealing with average people though. Uh, you know, you know, when you get to the the upper tier, I would say the majority of the people that are at TD Ameritrade and Schwab are probably super awesome, amazing people. Oh, I just meant the upper people. Yeah. I didn't mean like, yeah, it's as you get into that leadership, their moral compass becomes very corrupted and it's because they get that money, baby. They get all that money. It's not just the money, it's the power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because some of them, some of them, like the man who harassed me, used that power to threaten me. And he enjoyed how scared I got. Like, that's what's been happening. And he still enjoys scaring me. That's why he threatens my kids and stuff. Like, that is the type of human being that is a good fit for leadership at the company that Mm -hmm. we both work for. And yep. that's my and there we have it. There that's you go. It. Well, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, I hope that this has helped someone or like it, understand. It already helped me. It felt yeah. good to get out. So and, yeah, no, but I get and, it. Well, and you know that, you know, this is, I always say that my podcast is a diary. Like it allows me to yeah. talk about things and go back later on and look at them. Uh, I, I used to always listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and I, I just document. So this is just going through life and documenting and helping people where I can. That's always been a big thing. Uh, so I hope that this has helped you. I thought it would be great content. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I was, I, I have some <laughs> level of pissed offness about, you know, the, the company. That's so, why like, it's I, perfect for us to talk to. Yeah. Because as I said, like I was literally wrote on a poster board, your audience is TD Ameritrade social media. If they can hear you, you can make a difference. And you heard me. So, well, and again, you. again, you know, there were a couple things. Like I said, I was a non believer at the beginning as well. I was like, this lady's crazy. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just want anyone to 
to, or anyone who sees this to understand, like, yes, the company can be good for people. It can be. Uh, and there's people who don't experience things like this. I was not aware of any of anything like this before. Uh, so it opened my eyes to new things. Uh, and I just hope that like, maybe my wife doesn't usually watch my podcast and this is a really long one. So she probably really won't watch this one. But if she does take the time to watch this one, I hope she kind of understands what it's like when you go to work every day for a place and you know that it's not what they say that it is. And, mm -hmm. and, and like when I, when I've said in the past that every day that I go to work, my soul dies a little bit. Yeah. Like that is the truth. Like That's I try to make the most out of it and it, like, I'm not going to allow it to steal my joy, but right. still it like it, it, it just, it's hard to avoid. And, and thinking that that is in any way healthy when you feel that way. Uh, but again, I was doing, I made it transactional. That's why I had, that's how I lasted as long as I did. I made it transactional. Me too. The I, 16 months that I was getting managed out, I went from yeah. being like, prom queen where I'm like I'm a part of everything to bare bones minimum if I give you any extra yeah of my soul it will yeah. be nothing left yeah. yeah they're like hey do you want to work on this newsletter or do you want to work on problem solving or do you want to talk in the oh problem nope. solving was a jam I nope, love problem solving. I don't I don't want to talk I, I'm like I'll 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 uh, provide you with feedback but I don't want to work on any projects or anything like that no I don't have nope. the time I don't nope. have the energy for that no you don't have bandwidth, right? Yeah, Just yeah don't I don't have, have the bandwidth. bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah, they, they only understand you speaking your terms. Yeah, they don't yeah. have the bandwidth for that. Anyway, it's okay. been a great podcast. I, yes, I'm, it I'm has. so glad. It was nice to talk to you, and hopefully you we'll get too. to meet in person. Maybe Pleasure the next time we'll do it in person. You, even though we probably run into each other a thousand times without knowing it. So. Yeah, probably. Small Omaha. You said small yeah, world in well, the text, and I always say small Omaha. I mean, I was um, always at the salad bar in HQ. I don't know about <laughs> you, but like, I bought those $10 salads, and I've missed them. <laughs> well, man, thank you again, Courtney, for uh, being on and just being like one of the, this is like the most hard hitting content that you'll find on the What's Up Omaha podcast. So uh, those of you out there who have been listening, I hope that you have enjoyed it. I, I hope that we not only may have provided some sort of entertainment for you today, but I also hope that uh, we educated you on some level and a lot of this stuff is probably stuff that, or, or there are probably things that you can imagine go on in corporations. And I would like to believe that all corporations aren't like this. Um, but I will say that, I, I, though. I, yeah, I do have, it has soured me on corporate life. And I that, don't know. You both work for a really bad one. I still keep telling myself that too, that there might be other ones out there. And, and you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the hope. But uh, we'll have to talk offline and yeah. see when we can, uh, or when you want to come back and do an update. Yeah. Uh, you know, it can be a month or weeks, so however long you want it to be. Uh, I have well, to have a bunch of time. Tomorrow. Yes, yes. Or when? I'm wait. Stuck. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. today's Monday. Two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I gotta get this video. Like, I gotta, I gotta chop yeah. it up and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, I, I hope that we provided some level of education to someone and uh, just some insight to see. Uh, especially if you were like me and you were like, this sounds too crazy to be real. Um, if, if maybe we were able to paint a clearer picture, I know mm -hmm. a, a picture was painted for me. That's funny because you learned how to paint during COVID. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know exactly where this was going to go. And, you know, when you just feel moved 
to do something. Like I, I felt like it was in my head the whole time. It was I was playing chess. I was playing chess in my head because yeah, I, I knew I was setting things up that I knew I was going to do after I left. Uh, yep. And, and and you know this is very public. It's not confidential information that we spoke mm-hmm. about today. And I wanted yep. to make sure to keep it that way. I'm not giving away any yep. trade secrets or anything like that. Yep. Uh, but I, we're just here trying to tell our stories, and we hope that you enjoyed what you've heard today. Uh, please continue to listen and, and support. As always, please hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube or any of the audio platforms on YouTube. You can actually hit that bell icon to be notified whenever new content is available. And right now I'm actually doing a days of unemployment uh, <laughs> journey. So every day I will make at least one video uh, and talk about my morning or my afternoon or my day just to let you guys know how it's going. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be unemployed. Uh, I might be, you know, I, I've already sent out a resume. I've I had a meeting. I've got another meeting today. So stay tuned for all that stuff, guys. You can find Good me on YouTube. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I have nothing but I've got good juju going on. So I, I know. Uh, but thank you guys so much. As we end every episode, smile, help someone else smile, laugh, and help someone else laugh all day every day. That is the goal. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much. This was great. It was.